And hello, thank you for joining us for another episode of Rebooting Business. I am your host, David Summerfleck, a digital marketing specialist with about 20 years experience working for different marketing agencies and ad agencies throughout the U.S. In this episode, we're talking to Dave Schneider, my wonderful guest over on the other side of the screen. Dave graduated from Harvard with a degree in applied math in 2012, quit his corporate job to travel the world with his wife, and in over five plus years visited over 60 countries together. During that time, Dave launched and exited from his first software as a service business, Ninja Outreach, an influencer marketing platform. Dave now runs Shortlist.io, a digital marketing unagency. Dave describes his employees as a team of 20 people strong, working on cool problems. Dave has been on dozens of podcasts and has always enjoyed the experience and um, has some valuable input for audiences as well. Dave, thank you for your time. Hope you're doing well today. Is there anything that I missed? No, you covered it uh, better than if I would have said it myself. Thanks, David. You're very welcome. Let's talk about how you got started and your relevant background and then how you transitioned into shortlist.io and what that is exactly. Yeah, um, and obviously we're fast forwarding over quite quite a number of years here. Uh, but uh, in terms of my background and relevance, it's just honestly not all that relevant at all. Um, I went to school, like I said, for applied math. Um, and then when I uh, graduated, I got a job at Capital One, their credit card company. I worked with them for a couple of years. And then my wife and I uh, were really not exactly uh, feeling the, the nine to five. So we wanted to quit our jobs, go travel. Um, so we did that. We saved up some money. We wanted to go travel and we actually started blogging, we started a travel blog at the time. Um, and we learned that travel bloggers can actually make money um, selling links to travel companies that are looking to kind of uh, improve their own domain authority and things like that. And that became a business because uh, outside of our own travel blog, we then started an additional travel blog and we built this very miniature travel blogging empire uh, that we ran for a couple years while we were uh, traveling uh, around the world. Um, and that really kind of gave me the confidence that digital marketing, working online, working for myself was something that was viable. Um, and so I decided not to go to business school, uh, which had been the plan, and instead to pursue um, you know, online marketing. Um, that eventually led to Ninja Outreach, which was the influencer marketing software, because I wanted to uh, create a product, a software that I felt like would add value. Um, I found a partner, found a developer, we, we bootstrapped it, we ran that for four years. Um, also remote, I was still traveling the entire time. Um, and we basically built it up for about four years and felt that it was maybe time to, to move on, to try some, some new things. We, you know, we kind of run it for, for some time. Um, we got uh, a generous offer from a private buyer and we decided to take it. Um, that was about two years ago. Um, following that, I started doing some consulting. I started a marketing agency uh, to essentially put what I had learned into practice to be able to provide that um, on behalf of, of, you know, for the service of clients. And and now I'm kind of uh, circling back. Our agency is, is launching some software products and kind of getting back to, to some of my roots there. So that's kind of the truncated version of the long story. Okay. Now, how it exactly does shortlist IO um, relate to people with a digital marketing background such as myself, but also 
as well as the small business owner. I don't want to say typical small business owner, but typical small business owner. So how does what you provide service both audiences specifically? And then how would you address or help people struggling, you know, with the post COVID-19 reality that we're all dealing with right now? Yeah. Uh, a lot, obviously, uh, in that one sort of question there uh, to address. And I think, you know, in the sense of it being uh, a marketing, what we call a marketing non-agency because we do things a little bit differently, but um, still providing SEO and, and development and design services, you know, the small business owner sees us as um, an ally, somebody who uh, maybe has more digital marketing experience uh, and knowledge than them and can help them create, you know, put a vision, you know, take their vision and put it into a reality. Um, as long as they're just looking to grow traffic to their website or launch a new product or something like that. Um, and digital marketers as well, even them with experience sometimes look to us as additional resources um, because they are already overextended with all the work that they're doing. And that's kind of how, you know, we often interact with those two different types of clients. Um, nowadays, you know, I mean, uh, speaking very, uh, you know, with what was with what's going on right now, um, COVID and everything. Um, so last month, you know, I think uh, a lot of business owners felt the pressure of uh, an imminent recession and, and things like that. Um, and so I, my general uh, feeling with the atmosphere was like everybody was very tight with their money. They didn't really want to do any additional spending. Um, they were cutting back on marketing. Uh, that was, I think, how maybe 90% or so of us, kind of our gut reaction to what we saw was going on. Um, lately, and so that was April, now we're in, now we're in May. Um, I think that you know people are seeing that countries are starting to open up a little bit, whether or not you agree with that or not. I think the general sentiment is is a, is concerned, but it's a little it's a little dialed down from the the craziness that we saw last month, and all of a sudden, just from like an agency perspective, we're kind of seeing some new more new customers come in, well, not so much last month and things like that. So I think it's important to kind of uh, just be aware of of what the environment looks like and how that affects uh, your business, um, and uh, kind of making making the appropriate changes. That makes sense. Oh, it does absolutely. And ultimately, you can't rebuild or strengthen a business if you're either unwilling or unable to invest for return on investment. You have to spend money in order to make more money down the road. They're just very, very. How how else can you do that? So with the offering that you have with Shortlist.io, if I wanted to use it as a digital marketer what would I go to shortlist.io for? What kind of help? And then for the business owner, what specifically would the two markets go to shortlist.io for? How would we benefit? Yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, they, they each could be going there for the same thing uh, in the sense that a small business owner goes there because they're looking to maybe improve the, the SEO of their website. They're looking to get an audit. They're looking to increase the strength by buying, say, you know, links. Um, they're looking to launch a new landing page or something like that. Um, a digital marketer may use us um, on behalf of a client. So some of the digital marketers have their own clients, uh, but they might, may not have, like I said, all the services in-house, or they may be kind of overextended in just kind of what they can do. 
Um, so they may come to us also as an additional provider, but still with the same end goal in mind. I mean, it, generally, you know, digital marketing is still about increasing one's presence uh, online, growing the traffic, um, all those different types of things. So it's just about whether it's for yourself or a client, kind of what the reason is. Okay. Dave, how do you differentiate from similar uh, businesses that are out there, similar uh, services that I'm sure you're even more cognizant of than I am? It's tough, yeah, because there are quite a lot of agencies, digital marketing agencies out there, um, a lot. Uh, and in some ways, they offer similar services. Uh, now, the end result that you're going to get is going to be different. Um, if you go to have someone do design and someone else do design, you're going to get two different designs, right? Uh, but it's still the same kind of service being offered. So, I mean, quality is obviously an important aspect of things. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's obviously one of the areas that what we try to kind of double down on the way we engage with the customer, communicate with them in the end, in the end deliverable. Um, agencies don't have the best reputation, if I'm being honest. Um, a lot of people have had bad experiences. I've had bad experiences. Um, and so we're kind of trying to not be, not be one of, of those guys. Um, however, I think that it's important to recognize, like you say, that, you know, an agency one way or another is somewhat of a, of a commodity uh, because there are so many. Um, and that's why I think I mentioned it earlier on the call that we're releasing a couple of software products of our own to kind of uh, diversify, uh, you know, our offering, um, our income streams and not be necessarily a commodity, but to have things that are uniquely ours. Um, that maybe we can offer to our clients that others cannot. So that's kind of the roadmap. We're maybe not there yet, um, but if we were just to kind of do the agency thing the whole time, you know, eventually, yeah, they, they, maybe we would find ourselves obsolete or something. Um, but that's why, like I said, you've got to adapt to what you see going on. So agency is kind of uh, a great starting point, uh, but then, you know, to maybe build your own products and courses and things like that that are your own IP is probably the better way forward. Well, yeah, absolutely. And how, I'm not sure if you would, would you consider shortlist.io still as a startup or as a lean uh, online business? Yeah, it's, uh, it's curious, where, where do you draw the line with that? You know, I mean, I, I felt like Ninja Reach, um, which we ran for four years, um, that always felt like a startup to me uh, up to the very end. Um, and so I don't know if um, it's the amount of time that you've been running it, um, you know, what dictates whether something is a startup. I don't, what do you think, David? I think it's the income level as, as well as, or in addition to um, how long the company has been in operations. So I think if you've got 50 or more employees, certainly 50 or more. And I would say probably if you've been in business for five years or more, you probably have breached the, the startup uh, perception, which doesn't mean that, you know, obviously startups can grow very, very quickly and scale. Um, yeah. How do you educate the consumer? I mean, well, first of all, how do you find your ideal consumer? And then how do you educate them on what services and potential products you provide? How have you de dealt with that challenge? And then what would you say to digital marketers and small business owners out there? 
Yeah, it's important uh, because uh, you may or may not be surprised, but sometimes people go to an agency or maybe anybody and they're interested. They know they're interested. They know it's something that they want, but they don't actually really know how it all works. They don't really know that much about mm -hmm. it. They've heard about SEO and things like that. They think it's something they might need. Um, and so it's important to kind of have those conversations um, with with each individual and kind of, you, you know, you have to identify right away. Um, who that who that customer is. I mean, I had a phone call last week and the person, you know, they didn't really know what the metrics were and they so I can tell right away that they need to be spoken to different than, you know, a digital marketer who comes to me and they know exactly what they want and they know exactly what keywords they're targeting and, and all these different types of things. Um, obviously, we would love to try to kind of put out um, case studies and content on the website, to kind of educate the user. Um, to the extent that we can, to the extent that we have resources to do that. It's always sort of like, uh, it's the lowest priority, unfortunately. Um, so a lot of it is, is just person to person. It's about those those phone calls that we have with the customer um, and just making sure that, that we're really clear. You know, when we send over a proposal or an audit or something like that, there's sections dedicated to what is this? What is what is keyword difficulty? What does that even really mean? You know, we, we try not to assume that people know things that we know. Um, so that's kind of how we how we work with the customer, how we educate them, how we actually get them. I think you, you mentioned that, um, you know, a lot of it is still word of mouth. It's referrals. It's uh, just networking. Um, that's that's the main one. Um, my partner is because uh, uh, I'm, I'm co-owner with a, with a guy named David Hensel um, and he is quite, quite, quite a good networker. He likes to go to conferences. He likes to talk with people. Um, and when he sees an opportunity, when somebody talks about being interested in SEO and things like that, then he'll he'll pitch our business. Right. It's it's relatively easy to kind of transition into, by the way, I work for a company that can help with that. And absolutely the issue with SEO, search engine optimization, and for digital marketing in general with small business owners and new business owners has always been that we're talking about intangible concepts. It's not something you can hold in your hand like a water bottle. So how do you explain to the business owner that you're paying uh, for specific uh, metrics toward a, a, a larger objective that may be unclear to them? So I think a good peel, a good part of onboarding, I, I'm sure you agree, is a screening the client to see if they're a good fit and then onboarding you know, like you said, explaining these intangible concepts so you can help them get from point A to point B. Um, on a related note to the previous question, challenges of entrepreneurship that you faced and lessons that you've learned, how you would apply those to digital marketers and business owners, because you've obviously been through a good deal and you've transitioned more than once. Yeah. Just one minute. Your microphone is fading. Let's pause. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, when we speak about challenges, uh, obviously um, many people are living through a challenge right now, just kind of the, the times, the atmosphere, COVID, and that's kind of a, a macroeconomic uh, recession type of challenge that does require a response. Um, and you know, that, that is, that's a big one, obviously. And, and for me, uh, even with my previous startup, Ninja Reach, you know, I started that in 2014. So it was really after 08, 09. Um, this is, this is new territory for me as well. 
Um, so I think obviously if you're an entrepreneur, you've been around a number of years, you're going to be experiencing uh, new new issues coming up all the time. But more, in my opinion, and sort of, I don't want to say important, but uh, something that I, I think is more frequent than the macro stuff is the micro stuff, kind of the the internal struggle of, of being the, an entrepreneur, the, the uncertainty of the day to day, especially you know, for those of us who are working towards something, still haven't maybe met our goal and things like that. I mean, when I ran, you know, Ninja Outreach, when I started that in 2014, it was bootstrapped, put a bunch of money in, you know, really never knew if anything was going to come of it, if I was ever going to kind of uh, see see that, that, that money again and if, uh, you know, what the end of that story was going to be. Um, and now I know, I know looking back on that, that it, it has a happy ending, um, which really helps me uh, in today's, uh, you know, times with shortlist, for example, launching two new products. Again, similar similar state of mind. Hey, is this the right decision? Are these actually going to work? Do people actually like these? Uh, but be able to kind of know that you've, you've been through it before um, and essentially you came out on the other end. And so why, why not again? Right. So I think that it's just it's difficult because you don't know the future um, and you're doing things that are kind of inherently risky day to day. Um, but the longer you're kind of in the game, so to speak, the more experience you have, the more stuff you've been through, micro and macro, I think just the better you're going to be equipped to kind of weather weather that. How do you stay organized? I mean, do you use lists? Like, for example, I use lists. I use a thing called Kanban. How do you stay organized? Do you use Trello or do you use some yeah. other method? Yeah, I try to keep it pretty, pretty simple. Um, I use Trello. Um, I like to have a to-do list basically, which kind of tells me what I need to do that day. And then I obviously I have a calendar, which kind of schedules my meetings in between mm -hmm. the two of those things. Um, and then I have my email, my inbox, but I keep that pr pretty clean. Um, so those three things, email, Trello, and, you know, Google Calendar, Slack, I guess for team stuff. But if any, any errands, any to-dos come out of any of those different things from email or Slack, they all kind of funnel in the Trello. And that way when I wake up, I kind of know exactly what's important to do that day. Okay. Um, and I, I do that, you know, not just in business, but like in my life, I mean, things to do around the house or hobbies that I want to do. Like I like to kind of you know, use that project management style for all of them. Okay. Now you use remote employees, right? How do you find remote employees and vet them and then put them together. I don't know if you use remote teams or you, you may just use remote uh, staff individually. So how exactly do you do that and integrate that? Yeah, it's something I've been doing for, for a while um, to the extent that I maybe take it a little bit for granted because I think it is somewhat of a, of a foreign concept for a lot of business owners, this idea of working with someone who's not physically present where you live or not American or something like that. Um, and so it takes a little bit of, of getting used to, to be honest. Um, the first time I did it uh, was years ago when I was traveling and we were, we were looking for someone to help us do some additional research and travel planning. So we hired a girl from Bulgaria and that was the first time I experienced this idea of kind of uh, paying for somebody's time who lives in this other country. Um, and so that allowed me to kind of get comfortable with it. And now it's really my go-to approach for any sort of business that I work on. Um, you know, often it starts with something like Upwork, uh, which is a marketplace for finding freelancers. There are many, uh, but I've always used uh, Upwork and been pretty satisfied uh, with, with what they do. Um, and then, you know, eventually sometimes somebody becomes uh, full-time from that relationship. Um, and then to go from there, I often like to ask people who they know. 
Um, I always think that uh, often freelancers know other people that are also freelancers. Um, it's just that that's sort of their social network. And, and so uh, they may have a brother or a sister or a friend. Um, and if they have a skill set that's similar to what I'm looking for, I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on them um, as opposed to somebody completely new. Uh, and so that's how we did it at, at Ninja Outreach and Shortlist. Uh, the first guy was Macedonian, and then his sister came on board, and then two of his friends came on board. Um, and eventually, you do need to kind of find some people that are not family because people run out of brothers and sisters. Uh, but it, it, it still more or less uh, kind of works like that. How would you, let's say, compare how you started Shortlist? How would you do that differently today, given the obvious change in circumstances so the good thing about um you know wh where we were with uh shortlist is that we we weren't just starting it right now uh if we were it would be it would be tough times uh but we luckily had a two-year head start prior to covid uh, which allowed us to build up a bit of a customer base and relationships get our ducks in you know in a pond get a good team together and, and try to get lean a, as well um i think you know, there are some minor things where you maybe go into a bit of a growth mode. You start to bring on some different employees. You're investing in these new products, and then all of a sudden, something like COVID comes around, and you realize maybe not the best time for growth. Um, but to be fair, maybe uh, it'll end up being the right decision after all, because uh, you know, when we do come out of this, uh, we'll have invested on in, in some different projects uh, that we'll be able to hopefully uh, rely on later on. So. I guess to answer your question, I don't know if I really would have done too many things different. Um, I think, you know, certainly the way we, the reason we did it at the time was because it made sense. And, uh, and now I think we're, we're in an all right spot as good as we maybe could be um, under the circumstances. Okay. Well, Dave, I only have one more question for you and it's really um, pretty open-ended. Do you have any, closing advice or thoughts for small business owners or for digital marketers who are struggling to keep afloat in the present circumstances? Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a, yeah, I've been on a couple podcasts recently and I think that this is, this is the question people also re really want to know. <laughs> so, um, you know, firstly, I guess what I, what I, uh, here's what I believe, uh, because I don't know, but I believe that we will eventually kind of uh, get out of this situation. It makes you know it's going to take some time, but I don't think it's a long-term scenario. I think it's it's a short to mid-term type of thing. So the important thing above all is to try to kind of stay afloat, try to stay in business, and to get out on the other side because not everybody will. And for those that do, I think that you know you'll have. Um, you'll be stronger, there'll be less competition perhaps and things like that. Um, so in the meantime, I think you have to think about obviously things like cost cutting and cost management and optimization and processes and the things that are going to help your business kind of uh, be smooth uh, during these times. That That is definitely priority number one. Uh, but I also don't think it's, it's definitely a time to just cut all growth. Um, right. I think that that's a mistake. Um, especially if you if you do have you know some spare resources and things like that, you know we have uh, the software products uh, that we're working on at the, at the agency, and we haven't skipped a beat on those uh, because uh, I don't want to 
allow this uh, short to midterm troubles to affect us uh, too, too much in the long term by just disrupting everything that we're working on. So, you know, you have to balance that. You have to kind of know what, what's the appropriate amount that you can kind of set aside for those types of things. Maybe it's less now than it was before, but there's a difference between something and zero. So I think, you know, just really look into your business, really look into where you're spending money, what can you kind of cut back on, and then to what extent you have extras, still try to fuel some growth uh, because it, it will, you know, a little bit today can mean a lot a year or two or three from now. Uh, but if you just have nothing going on, it's going to be nothing one, two, three years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time and your input. Is there anything that you'd like to add? And how can uh, those watching or listening learn more about shortlist.io? Yeah, uh, people obviously can go to the website, shortlist.io. We wouldn't be a good digital marketing agency if we didn't have a website. Um, and my email address is dave at ninjarish, uh, sorry, the force of habit, uh, dave at shortlist.io. Uh, if somebody wants to send me an email, uh, happy happy to answer. I'm also on Growth Mentor. I should probably mention that, which is um, it's a service. Uh, you can schedule calls with mentors and things like that. It's, it's free of charge um, if anybody wants to, to have a call. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, that was great. Thanks so much for your time, David. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for, for being on our podcast, Dave. And um, I hope that, you know, your business continues to grow and thrive uh, despite the challenges out there. So thank you so much for your time and have a great day. And feel free to stick around if you'd like to talk for a minute or two afterwards. Sure. And for those out there watching or listening, thank you for um watching or listening another episode of rebooting business i'm your host david summerfleck i help businesses reboot and rebuild and you can visit me online at dms.blue take care everybody